Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the RR Show, the best show on the internet. Today we're jumping into episode 194 with a little bit of r slash today I fucked up. So make sure you've got your tea and your popcorn at the ready as we dive into our first story from NOS6. Today I fucked up by having a date with a girl from the pet store and ended up having to explain to the cops why she's not breathing in my lobby. Tonight, only on Disney Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Does anyone here know the lyrics? Prove it. Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tonight only on Disney Plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Strap yourselves in, ladies and gentlemen. You are in for a ride. Okay, a little backstory. I got a rescue puppy back in January and she was terrified of everything and everyone. There was a pet store down the street I used to carry her to to try and expose her to the outside world and other people. The girl who worked at the pet store instantly bonded with my puppy. Wow. My dog wouldn't let anyone else go near her without her crying or peeing or being terrified. So naturally, we became regulars, and the more and more I interacted with this girl, and the more I saw her interactions with my dog and other people in the store, she seemed super sweet and just an all-round good person. I asked her for a number, even though I felt uncomfortable doing that to a woman in her place of work, but, well, she seemed receptive. So that's good. It's also surprisingly hard to meet someone in my city. We exchanged a few messages and go out for a walk with my dog together. Everything seems great. She's educated, cute, loves animals. Everything seems great. We end up back at my place for a few drinks, like four or five max. This is kind of an important detail. And we stop drinking around 10pm. She ends up staying over. Now, here's where it all goes downhill. I awoke in the middle of the night and she was yelling at herself about how her dad is an arsehole and some other crazy talk. Very scattered subjects, hence why I can't be more specific, but that's the one that stuck to me. Very strange behaviour for 2am. I tried to calm her down or tried to figure out what the fuck was going on. She didn't even seem to notice she was doing it. Oh, I'm sorry, did I wake you? We had a really nice evening, but this girl just turned crazy. There was clearly something wrong. She wasn't shouting at me. She wasn't even shouting at herself, just into nothing, just shouting into the void. I repeatedly tried to stop her, but she couldn't see the issue as if she wasn't even aware she was doing it. Eventually, I just gave up and went to sleep on the sofa because I just couldn't deal with it. 
She came in and cried and said she didn't mean to upset me and can we just go back to sleep together? Sure, that's all I wanted anyway. Can we please just sleep and can you please stop shouting, yelling and talking? When we got to the bedroom, she turned around and had the craziest eyes I have ever seen and I've dated redheads and says, don't you ever fucking talk to me like that ever again or I swear to God. Now at this point, I've seen behavior like this before and it's very concerning. Nope, get out. I cut her short on whatever threat she was going to make. Get the fuck out. Q crying again. But I'm a girl and you can't do this to me. Yeah, I don't care. I'm not doing this. It's 2am and I'm not having you talk to me like this. At this point, there was a lot of back and forth from crying of, but how am I meant to get home? Jumping to, well, fuck you, I'm leaving. So she gathers her things and then claims to not know how to get out of the building. It's a condo building. You walk down the hall to the elevator. If there isn't an elevator, you went the wrong way. So go the other way down the hall. Bear in mind she lives in a condo building three blocks away. It's not like she doesn't know how a condo works or what area she's in. So I offer to walk her to the door or at least the elevator. I want her out. But I'm not just going to throw her literally out of the door with her things. I just want her out. There's clearly something not right and I don't want to deal with whatever it is or whatever will come of more of this behavior. So I help her gather her things and open the door for her and start showing her where the elevator is. Walking down the hall, she collapsed, like dead weight. And no, she wasn't faking it. She was out cold, just out the blue, just folded up right there in the hall. Now here is where I fucked up. My thought process was, hell nah, you're still leaving. So I drag her unconscious body down the hall and bundle her into the elevator. Yep, very aware this was a mistake in hindsight. Bearing in mind I was not expecting to be leaving, so you can imagine the look on the concierge's face when I rock up out of the elevator in my boxer shorts saying, Oh man, I fucked up, you gotta help me out here. He's dialing 911 and sure enough the elevator disappeared up to the fourth floor. We called it back, but obviously someone had tried to use the elevator and the door would have opened up to that train wreck. I'm sure the look on their face would have been priceless. Anyway, it came back and she was still unconscious. We're talking to the 911 operator answering the base questions, address, what happened, and just like a horror movie, we turn around, she's awake, stood there, crazy eyes and all. She was awake long enough to yell at the concierge before she passed out again, this time hitting her head on the marble floor of the lobby. I'll never forget the sound of her head hitting the floor, or the concierge's ooh wince at the sound of it. So here's how the 911 call went. He's on speakerphone with me and the concierge there. Okay, so I need you to say now every time she takes a breath and I don't want you to stop until I say so. Do you understand? Yep, got it. Okay, start now. Okay, I don't think you understood my instructions. No, dude, I understand. Okay, so start now and don't stop until I say. Okay. Again, I don't think you understand. 
No, I understand. If she takes a breath, I'll say now. So now, of course, she's not breathing. Okay, you need to start CPR and the concierge needs to go get the defibrillator. So here I am, in my boxes, doing CPR in the lobby of my building. A fire truck pulls up after two minutes and they have a defibrillator. Concierge still hasn't come back yet. So they take over and an ambulance follows shortly, where they bundle her into the back and drive off. Holy shit! What just happened? And of course, now, the cops turn up. Did I mention there's cameras in the elevator and just the part of the hallway that shows me dragging an unconscious girl whom is now not breathing? Yeah, yeah, you try explaining that one. So the cops want to know, why are you kicking a girl out at 2am? And why is she not breathing? And what's this on the video? I told them everything, but of course they did not believe me, so now I'm terrified. What if she's dead? Nothing about this looks good for me. What if she's alive, but clearly she has psychological issues and decides to remember things a different way? Or in her mind, I attacked her. Or if the cops turn up and say, what did he do? And then that triggers her to say, I did something. Fast forward three days, and every time the phone rings, I'm expecting it to be the cops. I have no idea if this girl is dead or alive. Or if she woke up in hospital and the cops questioning her, what did he do to you, etc, etc. Every day, I have this just hanging over me and I don't know what to do, so I text her to see if she was alive. No reply. I'm headed to the LCBO for a bottle of wine and BANG! She's right in front of me. Hi, how's it going? So great to see you. Um, hi, I thought you were dead. Oh, I was. But just for a few minutes. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was the one doing CPR. Oh, I'm sorry. That explains why my chest hurts, I guess. <laughs> oh, well. So you want to hang out? We can go back to your place for some drinks again. She has no recollection. Wants to come hang out. No, absolutely not. She had no idea about any of it. Needless to say, I said no. Glad you're alive. Good luck. Goodbye. And she left me a two minute long voicemail a few days later, crying and trying to apologize. I don't need that in my dog's life, I'm afraid. I have many questions, as do many of my friends, as well as people on comments in the thread. And unfortunately, I don't think I will have any of the answers. And I'm not going to contact this person again to try and find the answers. I'm aware dragging her down the hall and throwing her in the elevator wasn't the kosher thing to do. Is it just me or is there someone else out there as well that whilst reading this story was just picturing Quagmire? Anyway, our next one is from Pokey1984. Today, I accidentally got a wrong number caller in big trouble. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I hadn't had a cell phone in a number of years. 
About 2015, I got a shiny new job with a good pay boost and so I went out and bought a shiny new phone. Naturally, I also got a new number with the phone. All was well with my first ever smartphone. The one before that was a slider. That's how long I'd been without a cell phone. The fact I've never had a smartphone before is relevant later in my story. Well, it was great for about a month. Then the voicemails started. Phones weren't allowed inside the building where I worked for security reasons, so I checked my messages after work. And every day there was a message on my phone, sometimes two or three. Hi Deborah, this is Jen from Hospital. I really need you to come in on Saturday. Please give me a call back. Except I'd guess she assumed Deborah had her number because she didn't leave it and the callback number captured on my phone was just the hospital switchboard. Every day, there was a new message. Hi Deborah, patient in 2B's asked for you, call me. Hi Deborah, it's Jen. I need you on the third floor on Tuesday. I know that it's your day in the East Wing, but we've got a patient coming in who needs... Never a last name or a callback number, just friendly chatty messages. I tried calling the switchboard. They agreed I shouldn't be getting those calls, but couldn't think of a way to track down who Jen or Deborah were due to the sheer size of the hospital and not knowing even what department they worked in. After the third or fourth time, I called. They promised to pass a memo reminding staff to double-check their address book and make sure to leave a full name and callback number with every message. But the voicemails kept coming, and since Jen only ever called while I was at work, I could never catch her to tell her to stop calling me. And she apparently missed the memo about requiring full names and callback numbers on every message. I even changed my outgoing message to say, If you're looking for Deborah, you have the wrong number. This is Pokey1984 cell. If you have a message for Deborah, hang up. If you have one for me, leave her the tone. Despite this, the messages continued. So the important part about this being my very first smartphone was that I was trying out all kinds of apps. I even paid a monthly fee to have one that transcribed all of my voicemails so I could read them instead of hear them. After a few months of annoying voicemails, I started saving those message transcripts. I collected over 50 of them in a six-week period. To this day, I have no idea how Jen didn't know Deborah wasn't getting her messages. They clearly saw each other face-to-face -face several times a week at least. One would think that Jen would have asked Deborah why she never returned her calls, or Deborah would be confused when Jen mentioned she'd left a message. But somehow, neither of them noticed, and I kept getting the calls. Then one day I had an unexpected afternoon off work during business hours, so I decided to go to the hospital and track down either Jen or her boss. I just wanted the calls to stop. So I went to the hospital and explained my problem and showed the receptionist my list of transcribed calls. She looked at them for a really long time and eventually gave me back the phone and told me, don't delete those. Just wait here a moment. I'll be right back. She gave me my phone while emphasizing the don't delete those part. I waited. Bored, I started reading the messages on the nearby bulletin board. One was a memo reminding staff and patients alike to always leave a full name and callback number when leaving voicemail messages. So the switchboard had made good on their promise at least. 
It was half covered by a flyer for an upcoming golf tournament, so clearly no one was paying much attention to it. But they tried. The receptionist came back with a gentleman in a suit who was very friendly and apologized for the trouble but asked to see the messages, so I handed over my phone again. He looked increasingly concerned as he scrolled through them. Then he thanked me for my patience and for bringing this to his attention and would I mind waiting here just for a little longer, it's very important. See, I hadn't actually read all those voicemails. I'd developed a habit of seeing Hi Deborah and automatically hitting Save to the file I'd made for them. I just wanted the list of messages to show how many I was getting so they'd take me seriously that there were an excessive number of them. And I guess I hope they could use some of those messages to figure out who the hell Jen was and get her to update her contacts. Five minutes later, my list of voicemails were in the hospital administrator's office with four dudes in suits and the receptionist. I told my story for the third time and was again asked to show them the messages. Then the room got very quiet. Then the administrator and the four men in suits started whispering. After a few moments, the administrator whispered something to the receptionist who went wide-eyed and answered, right away, in an urgent tone before rushing from the room so fast that she actually lost a shoe and had to back up and put it back on. I swear for a minute I thought I'd stumbled into a medical drama on TV. That is a serious violation, says one suit in an almost normal voice. We could get sued, another whispered back a little too loud. I didn't catch most of what they were saying, but caught a few bits about HIPAA and patient privacy. Then I actually started reading the transcripts. Jen had named names, diagnoses, treatments, even asked about specific files and included patient ID numbers and such. There weren't a lot of calls with specific info, but there were several in the list of generic I need to see you on Tuesday messages. There was some more whispering from the group and then one of the suits said to the administrator, you can't keep her after this, the privacy violations alone. And the administrator cut him off with a fierce shake of her head and a stony look on her face. Oh no, I'm firing her right now. I've already sent security to escort her here. Oh. So that's where the receptionist went in such a hurry. About that time, they all seemed to remember that I was in the room, at which point the suits left in a rush, throwing a good bit of legal jargon back and forth at each other. I assume they were all lawyers. Then the administrator sat down and kindly explained to me that what Jen had done was very illegal in addition to being rude. She also very politely asked me if she could copy those messages and implied they might be subpoenaed if I didn't let her, and would I be willing to testify in court about these calls if they needed me to. And of course, the hospital would pay any relevant costs if I needed to testify, and were very sorry this had happened. We very much appreciate you bringing this to our attention, you've done a great service to all the patients in this hospital. She really laid that part on kinda thick. The tech department walked off my phone for a bit and I filled out some paperwork one of the suits brought in with my info and signed a witness statement about the calls they were making copies of, and another agreeing to testify if they needed it. And one said, testifying is voluntary, and I could decline to testify at any time by filling out another form, and a form agreeing that I would remove those messages from my phone and not distribute them. The whole visit kind of became a blur and it wasn't until I was being thanked for my help and escorted out to my car 
that I realized what had happened and that this was a bad fucking day. I had just wanted the voicemails to stop, but I ended up getting a department head fired. In the end, I spent less than 45 minutes in the hospital altogether. I never got another voicemail for Deborah, and I was never asked to testify. About three months later, I got a generic form letter in the mail from the hospital legal department apologizing for the data leak and assuring me that no patient information has been disseminated to the public and that the responsible parties have been released from employment. Since I'd never been a patient there, I assume my name was just tacked onto the list of parties involved along with all of Jen's patients. No word on what, if anything happened to Deborah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for being with us this week. That's all we've got for you, but there will be more coming very shortly, so make sure you stay tuned for that. And if you're just gagging for some more, as I'm sure you are, head over to our YouTube channel where original stories are being posted over there. Cool, guys. Peace out. Take care. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Do you enjoy science, spooky stories, and all things paranormal? We do too. While we would love for most paranormal stories to be true, we are here to tell you that they probably aren't. But that doesn't make them any less fun to speculate about. We are the Spooky Science Sisters podcast. In this podcast, we bring you bi-weekly discussions on possible scientific explanations behind the supernatural. Backed up by research articles and other credible sources, we do deep dives into things like archaeology and physics and share in-depth discussions with topic experts. Visit us at SpookyScienceSisters.com to listen to a couple of skeptics debunk some of your favorite alien encounters, cryptid sightings, and ghost stories with science, sass, and a significant amount of laughter. Thank you and stay spooky.